Breadbox Media Programming is brought to you by... Are you looking to serve God and society? Consider putting your gifts to work as a lawyer. Ave Maria School of Law has been educating faith-filled lawyers for over 20 years. Ave Maria School of Law is committed to training lawyers to use law appropriately around the moral issues of our time. Visit AveMariaLaw.edu to learn more about integrating your faith with a law degree. Looking for a way to build daily prayer discipline? Seen the rise in mindfulness meditation, but not sure if it is possible to meditate in a way that's consistent with your Catholic faith? Just looking for a way to breathe new life into your existing prayer routine? No matter what you're looking for, Hollow is here to help. Hollow is a Catholic prayer and meditation app that helps users deepen their relationship with God through audio-guided contemplative prayer sessions. From meditations on the daily gospel to the rosary to daily examines, Hollow has something for everyone. Hollow is the number one Catholic app in the U.S. It is free to download and has permanently free content, but you can also check out all of the premium sessions for 30 days, risk-free, by signing up at www.hollow.app/breadbox. It's holy smokes. Catholic review. Father Scott along with Tony Willemitis, he'll be here in a little bit. Will takes the night off and probably will not be here. Which makes sense if he's taking the night off he won't be here, but who knows maybe he will be, we never know. Okay, so Thanksgiving week and uh so I hope you enjoy your Thanksgiving with family and and friends. Oh, wait a minute. Hmm. Can't have family and friends over. Thank you government. Uh thank you coronavirus. So I hope you enjoy eating whatever it is you're going to eat and I hope you enjoy watching the games. Three games, three games, three football games, pro games. Uh, So maybe you're listening to this podcast after Thanksgiving. I hope you enjoyed. Uh, I hope you saved lots of turkey for turkey sandwiches. Now, that's the best part, isn't it, about Thanksgiving? It is the uh, turkey sandwiches the day after with the mayo and the lettuce. So good. And oh, and then you, you finish it off with a, a cigar. And uh, yeah, that's what you do. I uh, just love it. Just love it. Love this time of the year. Even though it's been very warm here, uh, I'd be playing golf, but the government shut down the golf courses. Two golf courses remain open. And uh, they're so packed with people. You got to call like three weeks in advance to get a tea time. So uh, we called last week and we just happened to get lucky. Father Marshall and I, we got lucky because someone had just canceled their tea time. So we took it. And so we go out and play and um, the game was terrible. Yeah, I, uh, I couldn't hit a ball. He couldn't hit a ball. The lady who was playing with us, she could hit the ball. Uh, she's smacking him. Uh, this lady, she's a, uh, teaches at the university. She's, uh, she's out there crushing the ball. Not us, man. I'll tell you, it's terrible, 
But uh, any case, yeah, it's hard to because you know with two golf courses open, that's it, and everybody wants to play golf. So we're just having a hard time getting on. So you know there is a solution. We just hop in the car and drive six hours to Phoenix, Arizona, and we play. Because they don't shut down their golf courses like they do here. You see? Yep. Okay, so um, now we're going to have a little um, Thanksgiving fun. I don't know if I mentioned this. Uh, So a little uh, like a quiz, more like a survey. You know, we do that McBee minute thing. It's kind of like that. So... I'm sure Tony will come up with a catchy little name for it. Um, He's going to... I'm waiting for him to get here so he can do the uh, review with me for the gospel. All right, so we'll be doing that and some other stuff. I was just looking to see what was, you know, in the news headlines, but I got to tell you, I'm just burnt out on the news. Uh, Yeah, I'm just really... Even Catholic stuff, I'm not even really paying too much attention, but certainly the the national news, the political stuff, I'm just burnt out on it. So, uh, yeah, I'm just not even paying attention. So there's nowhere to go with that. One thing that I did see, and I'm sure you saw it as well, uh, in Florida, the, uh, the alligator, this guy's walking his puppy, and the puppy's not on the leash. Did you see it? You go to YouTube, you can find it. So uh, you can find anything on YouTube. So uh, the um, the parting of the Red Sea, I think, is on YouTube. Um, so any case, this guy is in Florida, he's walking his dog, not on a leash. It's a puppy. Looks like a cocker spaniel. So alligator comes up out of the uh, the pond and grabs the dog, and then pulls the dog in, and then uh, the owner. And he's got a cigar. This is why this guy is my hero. Not because he rescued the dog, even though that's cool, but because he was smoking a cigar. And what's cool is when he went into the water and he came out of the water, he still had a cigar in his mouth. So he goes diving in to the pond, grabs the alligator and cranks open its mouth and rescues the dog. And uh, then the dog, you know, ran away. And so then the owner had to let go of the alligator. By now, his hands were all chewed up uh, because he had to stick his hands in the mouth. And this was a young alligator. So, you know, those teeth were sharp. So, uh, cool thing too, not only did he save the dog, but he, he let the alligator go and, uh, the cigar was still in his mouth and, um, that was pretty darn cool. Uh, okay. So that was, that's like the one thing in the news that, uh, I actually paid attention to and enjoyed. Uh, so, uh, yeah, the cigar smoker, uh, now we are going to have a cigar review. I believe, I think I've got something to review. I'm sure Tony does as well. Um, so listen, so last week, last week I played a little blip of a Pink Floyd tune and I forget the song that I played. I think it was bike. Um, and the song was bike from like 1967 with Sid Barrett. And so then, uh, it was like a few weeks before that, that I played, uh, some Howlin' Wolf. I love the blues and I grew up with them. So Howlin' Wolf I played, and then Pink Floyd from last week, and, uh, you know, my favorite bands growing up, Pink Floyd, The Who, Zeppelin, The Beatles, The Stones, uh, and so on. Later on in life, Stevie Ray Vaughan was a big fan of Stevie Ray Vaughan, you know, and uh, such such guys. So um, in any case, so last week I played this little blip, um, and then I've gotten some feedback 
from some friends saying you should do that more often play you know bits and pieces we can't play obviously can't play whole tunes but bits and pieces of uh of um you know songs that i grew up with that uh, were my favorite tunes back then still are my favorite tunes you never outgrow that stuff so uh i'm gonna do that maybe we'll make it a regular uh feature uh, by the way, you know, I now reason I haven't done any, you know, like original little, uh, you know, tunes is because of our setup here during the coronavirus. I'm away from all my good equipment. So it is what it is. That'll come back one of these days. All right. So, OK, but uh, now check this out. This is uh, one of my favorite tunes growing up. Uh, I'm going to play and then you can figure out who it is and what the tune is. OK, here it is. That's Blind Faith with Steve Winwood. Steve Winwood wrote the tune. You know, he's like great friends with Eric Clapton. And if I'm not mistaken, I could be wrong, but uh, I think that's Clapton playing the guitar on that track. So uh, Blind Faith, uh, one of my favorite songs to this day. I listen to this tune sometimes over and over again. Back in my radio days when I was working nights, I would just crank the monitors when I played this tune and uh, smoke cigarettes. Because back then I smoked cigarettes. No longer. No need to be scandalized. Now I just smoke Padrones and other fine cigars. But back then, cigarettes. So uh, that's Steve Winwood, one of my favorite tunes of all time. Love it. Um, so, uh, yeah. So, okay. So next week I'll have another. I'll play something else. I got so many songs, so many favorite tunes. We could drag this thing on forever. Okay, so I'm going to see if Tony won't uh, review the gospel with me. I'll find out here in a little bit. But uh, let's get into it. This is the uh, from the feast, the solemn feast of Jesus Christ, the King of the universe. You know it is the feast of Christ the King. It is the last Sunday of the year. This coming weekend uh, will be uh, Advent, and we kick off a brand new year liturgically. So, you know, by the way, you know the world... You know the the new the new year begins in in for the world in January, but in the church uh, this weekend a brand new year begins, and uh, this is one year we want to just sort of push, you know, away, go away, twenty twenty, just get out of here. Even though it's not been the worst year in history, but for us it's been pretty bad. So anyway, um, so here is the gospel. It's Matthew 25, 31 through 46. So Jesus said to his disciples, when the son of man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, he will sit upon his glorious throne and all the nations will be assembled before him. And he will separate them one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He will place the sheep on his right and the goats on his left. Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me food. I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. A stranger, and you welcomed me. Naked, and you clothed me. 
ill and you cared for me, in prison and you visited me. Then the righteous will answer him and say, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you drink? When did we see you a stranger and welcome you, or naked and clothe you? When did we see you ill or in prison and visit you? Then the king will say to them in reply, Amen, I say to you, whatever you did for one of these least brothers of mine, you did for me. Then he will say to those on his left, Depart from me, you accursed, into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry, and you gave me no food. I was thirsty, and you gave me no drink. A stranger, and you gave me no welcome. Naked, and you gave me no clothing. Ill and in prison, and you did not care for me. Then they will answer and say, Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or naked or ill or in prison and not minister to your needs? He will answer them, Amen, I say to you, what you did not do for one of these least ones, you did not do for me. And these will go off to eternal punishment, but the righteous to eternal life. There you have it, the gospel for the feast of uh, Christ the King. That's Matthew 25 31 through 46. By the way, for those who believe, if you're a person, you don't, you know, because there's some Catholics, oh, I don't believe in hell, um, you know, and some Christians who, and I've met them, I've dialogued, okay, so uh, read that text. And there's others in Scripture, but uh, if, if, if uh, you know, our Lord is, is very clear in this text, the eternal punishment, uh, and those evil, wicked people going off to eternal punishment. We call that hell. So if Jesus is not speaking about that reality, then what exactly is he talking about? You know, uh, is it uh, like uh, eternity watching reruns of Saved by the Bell? I don't know. There's a place of eternal punishment, and our Lord is very clear about that. Okay. All right. Let's, uh, well, I'm going to, let's see if what, I think we can get uh, Tony to, to do a little review with me here. Let's check it out. There he is, Tony. Hey. Hey. Here I am. Looking good, too, man. That's very kind of you to say. Yeah. I've been trying to... Looking good. You're looking uh, COVID-free is what you're looking. You're ridiculous. You're looking COVID-free. Well, I am COVID-free. Knock on wood. Um, Is that your phone? You know what I've been doing? Yeah. You know what? It's the one that makes sounds like troubles. Troubles? Troubles? The trouble with tribbles. It's the trouble with tribbles. Um, Star Trek. Yeah, Star Trek. So, what you know? Uh, I've been trying to get healthy because this is what this is my immunity program. Mm-hmm. Just start being healthy, and then you're going to be immune. Your immune system is going to be strong against all kinds of things. Look, this isn't the la- the, the last virus or affliction that the human community is going to see. No. So we're ridiculous to think that, oh, well, if we just get past this, then everything's going to be fine. Life's going to go back to normal. First of all, did life go back to normal for the airports once we had 911 or 911 and all the security and so forth? No, we, we never traveled ad- the same we, ever since. So nothing's going to be the same. Right, adapted. exactly. Nothing's going to be the same ever after this, right? So just get to wrap your heads around that and realize that there is no such thing as getting past this with a vaccine and all that and everything's going to be la-la land. We're going to be like, oh, no, all these things that we now suffer from, mm-hmm. isolation and the you know social distancing and treating people like pariahs that like they used to do, by the way, when people had leprosy back in the day. Um, all, you know, like I've known people get it and their families like treat them like, oh, well, what did you do? And it's like, dude everybody just chill out for a second Mm -hmm. and remember that you're human you live on a planet to be alive is to live a risky 
I don't know, is to be in a state of risk, right? But that's like, that's what we as people of faith are called to be kind of in the middle of. It wasn't, it was obviously very risky for the Lord to come and be a part of this big fat mess here on earth. But he did it, you know, that's, mm-hmm. that was his story. Well, so, it sounds like, sounds mm-hmm. to me like you have a rant, which we're going to get have, to. I do have a little bit okay, of a we're rant. Okay, we're going to get, we're going to get to I'm it. But, a little, okay, so I was going to tell you why I look so good. Well, I look we, so good because my immune program is to walk to work every day. Or to bike to work every day. That's mm-hmm. my new program. Plus, I'm trying to lose some weight and get fit and all that. But yeah, three miles one way. It's either all uphill uh, in the mornings on a bike or walking. It's much easier to do walking. It takes longer, though. So it's like an hour walk one way. That's not bad. You know what I'd like to, you know what I realized about walking I hadn't done since I lived in Italy? What? We're going to get just, to the gospel, get, by the way. One we of these are going to get to the gospel, I promise. One of these this days. Is all we're gonna, to this the, all plays into the gospel. I'm going to segue. Just give me some time. So, uh, so anyway, so what I like about walking is it slows your life down and you're able to look around and you're able to see things in a different perspective. You know what I mean? We've kind of got all caught up. I think in the, we're in this unique moment in history in this, well, in the world, I think, let alone in this country, um, and in the church that where, you know, we've forgotten some of the basic, um, principles of what it means to be human, let alone what it means to be somebody enlightened by the teachings of Jesus Christ, which brings me to the gospel. There you go. That's a nice, I love that saying. I was waiting, and now I forgot what the gospel is. It was so long ago. Okay, it's, so. Uh, it's, how to, it's the fact that you treat others with the yeah. same dignity that you treat yourself. So mm-hmm. with the same concern, self-concern you have, that fervor you have for self-concern, is the fervor with which you should treat others. And this is, this, you know, this is kind of, I'm going to kind of keep jumping back and forth, by the way, on this podcast, because I'm a little fired up between. Boy. Uh, Boy. Between, the, between all this COVID crap. Sorry to say, and uh, the and like the gospel, like I think that what's happening is no matter what you want to believe about the virus, it is true that the evil one will always use situations. He'll ne- he truly will never let a good crisis go to waste. Now there are some who've said that you know m- members of uh, you party. know the left political part, the, le- yeah. the most leftist pol- politics have mm-hmm. said that right. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, that was just fact. That's, that's, that's what's out there. That's what, that's what people are you know proposing. I don't know. Maybe people on the right have said something like that too. I don't know. No, there's no track or record of any. So anyway, but the evil one will use every crisis to his advantage. He'll use any situation, let alone, but most especially a crisis. And so insofar as that's the case here, he is, uh, causing everyone to be, become self-centered they're being so, and this, you know, the, the primary vehicle is fear. And we see this all the way, going all the way back to Genesis. That's right. In the book of Genesis, in the chapter three, right? We've talked about chapter three, and I, I love talking about it because it helps me to reflect on the profundity of well, that story and of that moment. Well, listen, every day, that story of Genesis is played out mm-hmm. in the lives of everybody, yeah. every person. Yeah. That story is played out yeah. again and again Absolutely. and again. And so what is it that he does? Well, he, he causes doubt. He tells lies. He creates fear in the heart of, of Eve mm-hmm. and also Adam, really. And, and they, you know, notice that their response, even after committing the sin against God, their first response is fear. And what is their, is their response? Is their, is their response in a time of crisis, once they've committed the sin, is their human response one to, to run to God or to each other in love and openness 
and acceptance and, and repentance, repentance, or but trusting in the right. mercy mm-hmm. of the Lord, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. No, or no. is it fear? It's fear because they, they run hit. and hide. Yep. They run and hide. They cover themselves up with uh, fig leaves, and they and they and they are in fear. And what you know, like, and of course, God has to find them in the garden. It's like it's obviously you know, like, not the right response. It's a very human response, but not the right response. And so, same thing here. Like, we can't just be, we can't just become so self-concerned in a time of trial, whether it's a pandemic or um, um, a, a difficult marriage or, um, you know, uh, persecution for your faith or whatever it might be. We can't have a response of fear because that is going to lead us to worse decisions. And so I say that the worst decision or the, the yeah, the, the decisions that's being made now with all of this stuff going on in the world and in the country with the pandemic and all that is one of isolationism mm-hmm. and, and being afraid of everybody else, being afraid of that which could kill us, being afraid of death to the point where we've forgotten the lesson of today's gospel, which is become a person for others. That's the, that is the counter message. Today's gospel is the counter message to what the rest of the, you know, the, the news media are telling us. Mm-hmm. The news media are telling us, run for your lives. Run for your be lives. Be afraid. Be very afraid. Run for your lives. Do what you can. And so the natural well, reaction is going to be... I wonder if they live in, in fear like, you know, they, their, their hope and their, their viewers live in fear. I wonder if they live in that same fear. Yeah, that's a good question. You know? Sometimes uh, maybe. Sometimes maybe not. But, but um, no, keep going. Keep, so, my, so, I've got, I've got yeah, thoughts. I've no, got thoughts. so so point being that um, I think today's gospel is the antidote, you know, to, to the fear, to the panic, to the um, whatever it is that's afflicting us. To, you know, the only way we can come out of ourselves is to begin thinking of others before ourselves. And, and remember that the I think, you know, one of the things I've been reflecting on during all this more, you know, uh, more recently is the importance for connection. Uh, with other humans, primary, you know, connection with God, connection with the source of divine love, but also the 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 con- having connections with humans, the place where it plays out. And the one thing, of course, that we're all suffering from, and the reason we're getting COVID fatigue and so forth, is because we're being you know drawn away from each other. Right? Mm-hmm. You can't be that close. You can't be closer than six feet to someone. You can't be. You can't spend time with each other. You're not supposed to have Thanksgiving gatherings, all this, you know, crazy stuff. And it's like, dude, we need to take a deep breath and and use our brains and stop taking all our cues from government officials. Because first of all, they're human like us. Yeah, they're they're making the best decisions. They might they given the benefit of the benefit of the doubt. They might be making the best decisions they know how to make. But they're also human and we're human. Yeah, they don't someone, know a whole lot. They don't really know anything more than us. So, yeah, but somebody should inform them. <laughs> yeah, that would be an enlightenment, yeah, no. wouldn't it? Come on. An enlightenment. So I'm saying, yeah, you know, it doesn't hurt to have, it's like when you're in a round table meeting, you get a bunch of different opinions around, you know, mm-hmm. there's 12 people and you're going to get all kinds of opinions and input and so forth. But at some point you've got to be the one to say, okay, this is going to be my wise decision based on all the information I have. And I've got to be comfortable with that. And I've also got to make sure that what I'm doing is consistent with, you know, uh, like messages like today's gospel. I just think that there's a real, you know, if there's anything I want to warn my fellow humans about right now, it's that there is a real, um, I think there's a very uh, possible temptation to an, an unhealthy isolationism that's occurring, that's being manipulated, used by the devil to make us all crazy. You know, like I've seen it in more and more stories of people I know 
and in my own interactions on a daily basis with fellow humans. And I'm, and it doesn't make any sense. Like I don't understand why the human family has fallen apart at a time when we should be coming together, you know? Um, and I think that's because of the things I mentioned already. It's the fear, it's the panic, it's the, you know, well, we're supposed to do this. We're not allowed it. It's like, hold on a second. Right. Um, if there's ever a time we need connection, we need to be standing together. We need one another, you know, what, what should be coming to the fore in all of our minds is that, man, I need these people in my life. I can't, I can't not call them. I can't not reach out to them. I can't not visit them. Even if I have to talk to them from across the yard, whatever makes you feel comfortable, right? I, you've, we've got to be going out of our way to, to be making, uh, connections with people, uh, during this time, because I think the, the temptation is that we would not be connecting. And what happens when we don't connect is we suffer, we wither, we, we dry up, we get neurotic, you know? Yeah. We, we, we become inhuman, right? You know, because we need, you've said it before, we're incarnational people. We need, we need, we need friendship. We need to hold hands. We need to hug. We need, you know, we need Absolutely. interaction. Well, we never need- mind. Yeah. Isn't it true? Like scientists, like how long ago was it before all this you know, stuff that, that scientists were writing articles about how important physical touch was to the human daily physical touch is important. Are we getting it? Are we doing it? Heck, are we doing it when it's not COVID time? <laughs> well, well, <laughs> but, no. but I mean, like, you know, this kind of hum, human just connection uh, isn't hasn't been happening. And then it's almost like taking a, a weak economy and making it worse. Well, that's what they're doing. Not like, you know, we have any evidence of that locally. Or anything. Yeah, yeah, right. Uh, yeah. What are you talking about? I have no idea what you're talking about. But no, but it's true. Right. So uh, now they don't they want they're asking us to um, keep from from um, on Thanksgiving on Thanksgiving. Yeah. They want us to keep from from gathering, you know, you can't you got to call grandma up and say, sorry, we already have four people. You can't you can't you're not invited. Yeah. We already have three or four people. We're, we're you know, yeah. Uh, really? Yeah, I mean, we, I mean, come on. And I understand they want to keep people safe, but at the same time, OK, fine. But then there's the the I'm sorry to say this, but um, well, I'm not sorry to say it. But the the the, the governor of uh, of California. Right there he is in the restaurant with a table at no mask, 14 people thick. And, and, you know, so it applies. It doesn't apply to him, I guess. What if, you know, uh, but what if, but everybody else, but everybody else is, is got, you have to lock yourself away. That's no people, no friends, no family over for Thanksgiving. I think that that should be the little, the red flags that someone's telling you to do something they themselves are not doing. It's a little bit like Jesus when he's talking about the Pharisees saying, do what they say, not what they do, because he knows they're hypocrites. Right. Right. Now he's the most authentic, uh, you know, divine man. And right. so, he, you know, you can follow what Jesus both said and did and, and be, and be good. So this is my, you know, this is my question in those scenarios. And, and, I, and again, the, I don't, I'm just going to say this disclaimer one last time. You got to go with what you feel is, is comfortable for you. I'm not suggesting anybody go against their gut. I don't think anybody should go against, you know, their principles, their conscience, do what you think is right. And if you disagree with my take on things, I'm okay with that. As long as you're following your conscience, that's great. Yeah good that's what i want you to do but my personal take is you know ask yourself the question what if this is the last thanksgiving we ever spend together what if this is the last christmas what if this is the last birthday what if this is are you going to be happy with your decision that's all i'm asking just run that through your head are you going to be happy with your decision if you're going to be happy with your decision then go through with it if you're not going to be happy then make another decision one that you can stand by and that's true of a lot of things right in life and so 
I will wrap up my rant temporarily with this and get back to the gospel with this quote from Andy Dufresne. Name so if you're going to wrap up your rant, then what are we going to rant about <laughs> after the gospel? All right, no, I just wanted to sum up this part of, okay, part one of the rant. Let me sum up part one of the rant. Okay. <laughs> and it's summed up by the words of Andy Dufresne from that movie, the Shawshank Redemption. Shawshank, that's Andy, right. And Andy Dufresne at one point turns to the character that Morgan Freeman plays and he says, you got to get busy living or get busy dying. And Andy Dufresne used those words for Andy Dufresne's character, or Tim Burton's character, Andy Dufresne, um, in the, I think it's Tim, is it Tim Burton? Yeah, Tim yeah. Burton. So Andy Dufresne's the character. Well, anyway, they're in a, they're in a, they're in Shawshank uh, prison. And, and so his whole thing was, I can stay in this prison, serve my 50 to 80 years, whatever his prison sentence was, and be miserable and be, you know, and just and just be miserable the rest of his incarcerated life and probably die a miserable death. Or he could, is this going to spoil it for people that haven't seen the movie? Oh, if you haven't seen that movie by now, please. <laughs> or, you know, just, I'll put it, I'll put it delicately. Or you can start figuring a way out of so your you're, situation. You're and that's what Andy did. You're, you're, what he you're started, calling for is a prison escape. Is that what you're advocating? I'm just saying it worked for him in his in his scenario. He he started figuring out a way that was going to be very slow, 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 gradual. Mm. It's going to t- it's going to take a long time. Like this is a long game. This was not like oh I can figure out how to break out of this place in a day. This was going to be the long game. We're talking like years and years, right? But he stuck to it. He's like for him every day it provided a little bit of hope that he was working towards his way out as opposed to just staying in there and dying. And that was the point of his words: get busy living. Or get busy dying. So now, what is that? How does that connect to the gospel? Well, I, I'm not sure it does. I mean, I think you, it does. Well, uh, yeah, but I, I understand. But here, here's the thing, and and this is when I when I hear this gospel text from the feast of Christ the King. Okay, so we 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 worship a king, and our king is eternal. And Saint Paul tells us again and again that you and I, we who are baptized, we members of the church, we do not belong to this world. We are merely passing through it. We belong to the spirit. And so we serve a king. Now, here's the thing that I notice: There are so many Catholics and Christians of all stripes, okay, who it's, and you've seen this, Tony, you know, such persons, party comes first, party comes first. Okay. Right. So even if that party, the platform uh, disagrees or contradicts the teachings of Jesus Christ, like say abortion, party still comes first. Okay. Right. Okay. So this hierarchy of uh, like a, uh, on a total pole of priority, self and party, and then career, and then maybe family and friends. And then uh, way down here is the worship of the Lord. Well, that's all backwards. It's upside down because the two great commandments, what are they? You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, and soul, and then love your neighbor as yourself, right? So the hierarchy, the totem pole should be worship and adoration of God, obedience to his commands first, right. okay? Then uh, fa- love of family and friends, okay? And then maybe, you know, the career, and then, and then, and then you know, maybe the political party, and then way below at the very bottom should be the self, Right. Right. So, you know, uh, and 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 to be selfless then means we focus on there's that second. So we worship God. We adore God. We obey his commandments. And then secondly, we, we take care of each other. 
We, we have to right. tend to each other. We have to be. And when we do that, when we focus on the other, then we take our eyes off ourselves. We are less important. And the, the, the person who and everybody's in need. So when we serve the needs of others, then and, and, you know, when did we and when we do it, who do we when we serve, especially the littlest of the little uh, and, and that would include the unborn, then who are we really serving? Right. Jesus. Right. That's and, right. And and by the way, at the tail end of that gospel, you know, uh, those he said, whatsoever you do not do for the least of my brothers, you do not do it to me. That's right. And then off they go to uh, eternal hellfire. And by the way, people that don't believe in the reality of hell should read that text again and others, because it's very clear that there is a price to pay uh, for, um, you know, being selfish or self-centered or self-serving. Okay. Uh, there is a price. There's a price to pay for that. Yeah. And, no, and, and it's well, eternal separation from the Lord. That's it. Well, and I think we've made too much of a, this is terrible. I'm probably going to be brought uh, up on are they gonna, are charges gonna, of heresy. Is, 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 uh, is, uh, is uh, a Google player, are they going to ban this particular program? I think, well, no, the Vatican might. If I say what I'm about to say, I think we've made too much of a spiritual gloss over concepts like hell. Because we've forgotten, like we've, we've made it all about getting to, <laughs> this is really going to sound really terrible. Actually, I'm really going to be like, I don't know, people are going to misinterpret this. So please don't. And I'll it'll give me some time to explain myself, but like, uh, I say, will afford you that. So. <clears throat> and remember, know, this is like coming instance, from Tony. Like we're, we're talking, you just said that hell is the eternal separation from God, right? And like some people are like, oh, well, it's, you know, it's like a place you go and you just, you know, catch on fire and then you're like on fire for eternity and it's really terrible. No. And you don't want to do that. And the only way you can do that is if God gets really mad at you at judgment day and is like, I don't like you. I don't like your face. And so you go to hell. <laughs> <laughs> Well, and you're like, wait a minute, wait, 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 I was, but I was good to my grandma, and I used to help this. Uh, I used to help this kid in class, and yeah. I would I'd share my answers with him. And then, you know, and I did, and I really tried not to fight with my little brother growing up. And then God's like, no, I'm sorry, too bad. I still don't like your face. Well, I think we forget that the dr- the drama of judgment plays out on the earth. It absolutely, and this gospel points to that. The drama of judgment plays out on the earth. You want to have a good judgment, then you best darn better have a good life, right? Like, so you want to be judged well, then, then look up this gospel. How many times have you fed someone who's hungry, gave drink to someone who's thirsty, uh, visited somebody who's in prison of any sort of prison, by the way, I think we can interpret that pretty broadly. Could be a physical prison. You could be having like a prison ministry or something, or you could actually uh, minister to somebody who's caught in the prison of their own mind their own emotions, their own bodies. It could be somebody who's mute because they're, maybe they have Alzheimer's or something. It could be somebody that's depressed and doesn't well, know how to come maybe out they're, of Maybe themselves. they're a prisoner of some sickness. Maybe they're a prisoner Terminal of sickness. sickness or maybe they're a prisoner of addiction. Okay. Um, how about, uh, what are the other ones that he says here? I just scrolled right past the gospel. Hungry, naked, you know. A stranger. How stranger. about stranger? You So somebody who... Just, just the average person you come across, you've never met them before, the person on the road that you don't even know the name of and you're honking at them and flipping them off, you know what I mean? Like, how how big is your heart? How big is your heart to being open to connection with other people, not to, let alone serving them? 
uh, naked and you gave me no clothing, uh, the homeless, the poor, um, or even just sharing your things, right, with sharing the goods you have with others, you know, um, it doesn't take much. I mean, like we're such an accumulation culture. And again, this is, you know, like I said, like these current times do kind of play upon these uh, precedent American qualities that we've, you know, kind of like cultivated, like, you know, acquiring and massing for yourself, like put, you know, mm-hmm. get, get your family inside your ark, you know, the ark of your home, protect them and defend at all costs. And I, and I'm not suggesting that you shouldn't defend your family, <laughs> P.S., but I am suggesting that maybe you can, you know, especially if you're a dad or a mom, you can teach your family how to be generous, right? Mm-hmm. You can cultivate love within your home, generosity within your home. And the best way to do that is to start being generous with yourselves to, to your neighbor, to yeah. whoever you might determine your neighbor to yeah, be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But remember, and oftentimes it's a selfish, it's, a, it's the motivation is a selfish one when, okay, I do good things. I do good things. Yeah, but for your friends. Because you know that you can going to get something back. Yeah, people you love. Yeah, people, yeah, so, people so, who are who who you know you you experience some kind of click with. So something. our Lord tells us it's in Scripture, right? He tells us to go beyond uh, friends to do, do acts of love without expecting love in return. Yeah. So to to so to give give to the person who you know is not going to give back because they can't. Right. Yeah. Well, it takes a certain kind of heart to do that. And I think, you know, what comes to my mind is Acts 2.42, when it talks about the community, the early Christian community, the way that they loved one another. And I just, I really wish I could see that. I think on film, I glimpsed it a little bit, to my mind, authentically, in the um, that movie, Paul Apostle. Mm-hmm. Paul the Apostle. With, uh, J- with uh, come on, the guy Jim. from Jim Caviezel. Jim Caviezel. I fell asleep in the middle of the movie. I, <laughs> I can't little, tell you. I was so boring. It and, was a little slow, I have to admit. But there are scenes where the Christian community is interacting. And you kind of see they're, you know, they're living, you know, they're sharing their goods, their food, their, what do you know what I mean? And sharing living space and so forth. And they're coming together and they're doing their prayers together. And they're, you can just see there's this like, what they're trying to portray on the film is this ethic of, of love for your neighbor, no matter even if you don't know that person's name and and the reason you love them just like this gospel suggests the whole brilliance the genius right of the god mind in is that is that when we see christ are we see like the most preeminent being that exists god himself when we see god himself in another human if we force ourselves into that discipline mm-hmm. just like mother teresa used to do then we value that person mm-hmm. as much as God. She saw. We don't think those people are God, but we value them, right? In the same, in a similar fashion as we might God. Does that make sense? Yes, absolutely. I'm not and, saying, and you don't understand. I'm not being heretical here. No, no, I get that. Yeah. And and by the way, Mother Teresa saw. She she looked for Jesus and and everybody from everybody from from um, uh, uh, Lady Diane to to the poorest of the poor in the streets of India. She looked right. for Jesus and she found, and that's where she really found the Lord was in the, the faces of the poorest of the poor right. and in the unborn, yeah. of course. Yeah. Uh, and so she served them and knowing that she was by serving them, she was serving the Lord. 
Yeah, no, preeminent. Yeah, absolutely amazing example. She tells, you know, the story of her first, uh, the person she first helped out of the streets of Calcutta who was there lying, dying with some open wounds and infected and maggots and so forth. And just really not a delightful thing to encounter. And she started with that one person and took them back to the place she was staying and cleaned them up and gave them some food. And then now we're at the point of like, you know, I think it's over 150 countries that thousands of women who have followed in her footsteps now serve people of mm. all backgrounds and and needs. You know, um, it's a it's a great way to overcome ourselves to serve others, but it's also just a great way to make human connection. And and, and think, you know what? We can start. We can all start simply. Okay, let's start on the road when we're driving. Mm-hmm. Let the person in. Mm-hmm. Okay. Let the person go around you. Let the person in. And don't flip the person off. Don't honk at them. Okay. I'm. 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 I'm going like to do. I'm going to. I'm going to do. The, I'm going to. Yeah. Do as I say, not as I do. Right. Okay. Uh, well, not that I don't flip people off, but I let them know when I'm not happy. But you know what? Just let them in, sure. and you know we can start simple. We can start simple. Yeah, I think the difficulty, right, the difficulty arises when, and the gospel doesn't really talk about this per se. I mean, there's there's parts of the gospels that do refer to this, but, you know, and Mother Teresa has that beautiful poem, um, I think that she wrote, um, that's, that says something like, you know, people will will not appreciate your love, love them anyway. Yeah. People will, you know... People will uh, disrespect you, respect them anyway. So mm-hmm. the difficult part of like this gospel of serving others and the various needs that there are, that there are, um, is to is to give your love that might be re- unrequited. It might not come back to you. In other words, right? Yeah. I think that's the most. That's the cross. That it, that is ultimately the message of the cross. Christ died for all mankind, and not all mankind um, returns the 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 love. Right. So when, when you are wronged and then you're mad and you hold on to that grudge. Okay. So, and you do not love and you, you really, you feel like getting back and even with the person. See, that's, that too is, see, that's pride and it's selfishness. Yeah. You know, and I think, you know, it really is. No, think absolutely. About it. Absolutely. It is. It's, yeah, it doesn't suit anybody. You don't want to live in a miserable world like that. I don't want to live in a miserable world like that. And I see the world becoming that. I well, see, and I see a lot of uh, Christians and otherwise good people being being like turned into that. And I'm just look, I'm just standing on the outside, going, "Oh my gosh, this is not." Well, unforgiving healthy. person becomes a angry person, and angry person is not happy person. Right? Yeah. No. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. No. Absolutely. Um, I just had a thought that was just escaping my mind just now. Um, it was, I think it was just, yeah, just kind of following up on, on, on that idea. Um, you become, again, you become, you, it's a little bit like the, um, the story of, um, Smeagol. Smeagol? Smeagol in Lord of the Rings. Oh, see, I didn't see Hobbit. it. Hobbit. You know, I'd ne- I've never seen it. I fell asleep in the first one, so. Not Smeagol. No, not Smeagol. Gollum. Gollum. Gollum's the one I'm thinking of. So. Did, did you hear what I said? I fell asleep. Yeah, in the no, first I heard. One. I heard you. That's that's a very offensive to many of our listeners. Yeah, I know. And um, you want to know something else? I've never seen Star Wars. Really? That's that is absolutely a darn shame. I think, but you know, whatever. You've got the Star Trek thing happening. So yeah. some people do the either or. Some people do both and. Well, so Gollum in the in the movie, 
uh, my kind of my, my casual interpretation is that he becomes um, he actually starts out like as a as a very uh, I think he's I want to say he was uh, I almost want to say he was a hobbit to begin with. I, that could be really wrong. Maybe you didn't see it either. But, Did you fall asleep? But he was he was actually not. He turns into this like ugly swamp creature. He was actually uh, a handsome young man. Let's put it that way to begin with. Um, and then he turns into this ugly swamp creature, swamp creature that much I knew. through the process of self-absorption and his addiction to the ring, which is kind of symbolizes this thing that he's focused on that that's not outside of himself. It's all about self-absorption. Mm-hmm. And through that self-absorption process over the course of times, he becomes uglier and uglier and and more fixated. Right. And never being satisfied always chasing that thing but you know a same okay another movie that has or a show uh that has sort of that same i think theme would be uh breaking bad where the guy just sinks into this depravity of himself and then another one too uh, the godfather yeah michael corleone right he becomes so self-absorbed that and now he he goes from he's a young man he's not you know he's not a part of the crime thing but then he gets into it and then he takes over the family and he just really kind of begins to self-destruct and he's self-absorbed and he lives every moment in fear yeah. and he's angry and he's unhappy and his marriage falls apart. Yeah. yeah. You know? Exactly. Yeah, no, totally. And, you know, the moral of the story being you can't, you, it's you, whatever is causing your self-isolation, right? You've mm. got to, you've got to combat it. Yeah. Um, now look, there's some things you could do that if you're, let's say if you're on the one end of the scale where you're just really afraid of, of whatever's going on in the world and you want to distance yourself as much as possible, you can start with, I think the good starting point is to just start to turn your heart toward others. Right. And even well to the Lord first to the Lord. Well, he's the source of it, right? He's the source of divine love, but, but it's not enough to just love God and not love your neighbor. And the 10 commandments show us that there's first, there's the first three commandments, but then there's the other mm -hmm. seven that follow and not to sound like too much of a Francis ite, but like, it's true. Like you, the love of God really plays itself out in the human community. Mm -hmm. And we're not talking about social justice, like the NBA players that went and just visited the Pope and all that, you know, and the Vatican now is like the, the, uh, the embassy of social justice, which is a little bit of a problem because we have to include the, uh, the, the understanding that God is a source of all love and that, and he's the reason why we mm-hmm. love the rest of humanity. Right. And the right. reason we want to do good for one another is to bring them into a union with God through those connections, through those experiences. So and we start with God, but then we, be, then we begin to love through that source of love. We begin to love others. It's a participation in the, in the divine Trinity. It's a participation in, in eternal life. People are like, Oh, I want to be in heaven so I can, you know, like play golf on the perfect golf course and eat donuts all day and all this. And it's like, no, I think you're missing, you're kind of missing the essence of what eternal life is in the triune oh, God. Is that, I thought that's what it was. <laughs> I was reading your mind. See, that's what I was taught in catechism. <laughs> that's an analogy <laughs> for young minds. That's just a, a, a young mind analogy. Now. But briefly, briefly uh, on that, to tag along with what you're saying is uh, Mother Teresa once had a, she was approached by a woman who wanted to join her order, and Mother Teresa questioned her, why do you want to join my order? And the woman said, because I've always wanted to be a good social worker. And Mother Teresa looked at her and said, no. Okay, if you want to, if you want to serve, if you want to work with us and serve with us serving the poor, you must first fall in love with Jesus. Yeah. Because before, if you do not do that first, then you will fail. But but here's the thing. Who is Jesus? Jesus is 
divine love. Yeah. You have to fall in love with eternal love. That's right. It's a good point. I mean, that's a little, not to be too mystical about it. No, but, but it's true. We're, Jesus is not just some person to be in, you know, like you're, you love your parents, you love your girlfriend, whatever. It, Jesus is not, he's more than a person who can be loved. He is love itself. Right. This is why we have these, you know, weird Catholic paintings of the sacred heart, you know, where the heart is actually outside of his body. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of non-Catholics look at that and they're like, um, that's weird. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And it is kind of weird. If you didn't, if you grow up with it, it's not weird. But if you don't grow up with it, it's like no. But we understand the theology strange. behind it. Well, though. of course, we know what the symbolism is, right? The, the symbolism is that His love is ever present to love others and love them perfectly and unconditionally, right? And beyond their faults and their sins and so forth, or else none of us would be here, right? And thus the sacrament of confession and the acceptance that comes with that and so forth. He is divine love. And so we have to spend time, like Mother Teresa said, meditating on what does it mean to be attached to or included or incorporated into this divine love, this ever readiness to love. In other words, to have this affectation of I'm emitting love at all times in my disposition, right, toward the world. I mean, how much, how much hate, negativity, stress... Fear do we overcome when we, when we focus on that and then go out into the world and operate differently mm-hmm. and see things differently and, right. and, and, and filter things differently and shut out the, the voices that cause us to right. fear, that cause us to isolate, that cause us to get self-concerned, that cause us to be hate, hateful, cause us uh, to be uh, anxious we overcome all that when we say, okay, no, this place of eternal outgoing love that I'm dwelling in, it gives me power to be that way, also is a safe place. It's a place for me to be safe. Because this mm-hmm. is one of the first, you know, primary, like on, um, uh, who is it, Asimov's hierarchy of needs or whatever? Like one of your first most basic human needs is a feeling of safety. This is why it's so important that a child be attached to their mother that protects them mm-hmm. and so forth right from the get-go. But, well, we hum- humans have taken away that safe haven Not so. because of abortion. Well, and isn't, again, to see the bigger, like, spiritual plan or the spiritual battle plan, the devil, right, attacks that, well, that I don't, primary I don't place. see how, I just don't understand. It makes no sense to me. It's just, it's so unreasonable that any human being, okay, can, can think abortion to be a good thing. How can you not see the evil of that? You know, of, of abortion. How can anybody not see the evil of abortion? How horrific it is. Yeah. Well, it comes, it comes from a place. Where does it all come from? It comes from a cold, calculated place most often. And, it, and of course, here's the devil's trick, right? Like, and we have to be, we have to be understanding of the people who get caught up in his trickery. Because, I mean, who are we? We, we could probably get just as easily caught up. So we're not sitting here in judgment saying, oh, well, we're never going to be deceived by the devil because how many times have I been deceived by the devil? Sure. Even today, today alone. But like his trickery is to work his way into this cold calculation, scientific, medical, whatever. And, you know, um, in the, in the, in the least uh, seemingly selfish ways uh, to say, oh, well, you know, like this is not for the best of the child. This is for the best of the mother. This is for, Everyone's good. And it's, it's a great deception, right? Mm-hmm. He uses all these things to mm-hmm. like, to, to tell us lies and, um, for us to be convinced that, that this very, you know, logical good 
is not a good anymore. And it comes from fear. Ultimately, it comes from fear. What are sure. the fears, right? What are the fears? Sure. I if, won't be able the, to go to college. I won't really take, you know, there goes my vacation money. There goes, and I can't take care of all these kids or whatever the case is, right? Absolutely. Or the kid, I'm too or young. The, or the kid will be born with difficulties yeah. or the kid will be, uh, will not have a good life or like all these fears, right? Like what if, what if, what if, what if, well, how about a big fat, what if God works it all out and God will, what if, what if but God we have works to... it all out in his way and we may not see his way, but what if he works it out in the way in, in his own mysterious way? And, and, and we, the, we have to trust it's the other thing. We have to learn how to trust that God is going to take care of it. And he does. Easier said than done, of course. Yeah. No, but he does. No one ever said it was easy. Jesus never said, hey, look, you know, follow me. It's the easy path. Yeah. What did he say? Pick up your cross and follow me. Yeah. Okay. But the, we always get to our destination when we follow Christ. Look, the path that Christ walked, it had to go through the cross, right? Yeah. Okay, so no one is saying it's the easy way. Oh, well, maybe, you know, uh, some of the fundamentalist Protestants will tell you that, you know, right? The prosperity gospel preachers, maybe they'll tell you that. But the truth is, when we pick up and follow Christ, we're, we're, we carry Christ. We carry a Christ who carries his cross. So we carry, we, we're carrying the cross with our Lord. Right. No, in okay. fact, and, and, and I was just going to say that this, this appears in the scriptures for this week. Um, and it says that in the first reading, it's the prophecy that God will from, from what, what Sunday from, or from, from this a past Sunday, yeah, okay. from this past week. Um, let me just call it back up. Yeah. It was, uh, was, uh, for, that was the old Testament reading. Yeah. The old Testament reading. And in the, uh, it was Isaiah, right? I, I think. I'm pretty sure it was Isaiah. I just want to double check to make sure I'm not misspeaking. No, it's Ezekiel. And it says, thus says the Lord God, I myself will look after and tend my sheep and, um, I will rest them, rescue them from every place where they were scattered when it was cloudy and dark. I myself will pasture my sheep. I will give them rest. The lost I will seek out. The strayed I will bring back. The injured I will bind up. The sick I will heal. And I think there's, you know, I don't know. I think there's a good argument to be made that those things can only happen when we who are the hands and feet of Christ make it mm -hmm. happen. Right. God's not going to like... Like blow through the land like a wind and then like bring lost souls from there. You know, he might, he could turn them around. He can give them miraculous graces, but more often than not, yeah. he's going to work through the human community and he's going to work through the power of human love, which he inspires, inspires, gives the spirit to inspires mm -hmm. from a divine place. Right. Yep. And he inspires humans to love in ways that they're not capable of loving by their own by their own, you know, human way. Mm -hmm. Now, here is a final point I made this past Sunday during the homily, okay? And that is that we spend way too much time, our heads are in this world rather than being in the spirit. Well, if we belong to the spirit, then, and we're merely passing through this life, why do we allow ourselves to, you know, our heads are, are again, in this world uh, much or most of the time? Okay, so, uh, you know, the other day I'm watching the news, right? I'm watching the, the news and, uh, you know, first it's all the news is about the pandemic and then, then the 
you know, the stuff about the vaccine comes out and then there's people and you don't know who to believe because there's, you know, one pathologist says one thing, a virologist is saying something completely different. Then the political stuff comes on and one commentator says one thing, another says another thing. So, you know, you know, when you shut the TV off, you're confused, you're angry, you're, you know, it's, it's, you're uh, disillusioned. Yeah. So I, I shut the TV off. Now I'm just in this state of funk. So I reach over, I grab my rosary. And I clear my head of all these thoughts. I focus on the person of Jesus. I begin to pray. And imagine this. Peace comes over me. Hmm. So, look, when when my head is in the world, I'm in conflict. When my head is in the spirit, I'm at peace. Hmm. You, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Okay, so, and then, too, knowing, look, we belong to a king who is eternal, Presidents come and go. Who cares? Right. I mean, you know what? And uh, there was, by the way, uh, and this this fits in with what, and I forget who wrote the article, but uh, the gist of it was, look, it doesn't matter who the president is, as long as in, until we learn to love each other, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Until we learn to love each other. That's right. Right? That's right. And, you know, referring to uh, back to the Sunday and the solemnity of Christ the King that it celebrates. We say that uh, we want him to be king, but we're not we're not creating a, a kingdom worthy of the king. Right. We're not doing anything to create a kingdom worthy of the king. We ought to be. And it's, and it's not just about like, oh, I'll make it to heaven and then we'll experience God's you know, reign. No, it should be that God reigns over this earth right now. And so in our mm-hmm. business dealings, our school dealings, our family dealings, that his kingship reigns right now. Our politics, our laws, everything should reflect it. It should reflect the spirit of love that you're talking about. Right. Okay, so that's our that's a little wrap on our gospel text. Uh, that's a that's a long one. Were we dude. supposed to talk about anything else? Yeah, <laughs> I have. Uh, okay, I thought, I thought we were just doing the gospel. No, no, we're doing other things <laughs> because I have a cigar to review. Shoot. Okay, hey, I've got, got this. Yeah. Okay, so still got a little time. Let's do this. Uh, it's a kind of like a little uh, survey, a, a a turkey day uh, sort of survey. A I'm turkey day ask survey. You. Okay, okay, so it's kind of like a be minute kind of thing. A McBee minute? Did I say, what did I say? The McBee minute thing? Okay, but it's a turkey day minute thing. Turkey day minute thing, okay. Okay, let's do it. There we go, number one. Uh, Turkey or ham? Both. Really? I really, I grew up with turkey, but I really love ham. Mm. I just, I really do. With that glaze on it? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah, holiday ham is always good no matter what holiday it is. Okay, well, uh, a a, uh, follow-up. I I actually just eat the turkey because it's like tradition. A follow-up, a follow-up to it though. But uh, by the way, turkey with ketchup, oh my gosh, it's so good. That's gross. It is so good. Okay, turkey sandwich or ham sandwich? Again, I would do both. I would pick a ham sandwich Now, first. let me tell you something, okay? I, they, I'm, I'm telling you. The, you said the next day, week. You said this last I, week. The turkey, the tur- <laughs> I did. The turkey sandwich, well, I can't remember that far back. I'm 58 mm. years old. So listen, the turkeys, the turkey with the lettuce mm-hmm. and the mayo. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Stop. Stop. Yeah. It's killer. Hmm. Mashed potatoes or sweet potatoes? Mashed potatoes. Mm, agreed. Yeah, I was never a sweet potato fan, but I'll eat them. I mean, like I've had some really good ones. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, but I'm yeah, I'm definitely a mashed potato guy. Mm-hmm. Plain yams or candied yams? No yams. <laughs> yeah, no, that's what I'd say. No yams. No, thank you on the yams. Corn or peas? Corn. Peas. I, I'm an Indiana guy. Yeah, I taking peas. Okay, now we move on to drink beer or wine. Wine, of course, for Thanksgiving dinner. Yeah. You don't, 
Really? Yeah, you're going to drink a, It's like a Seder You're going to drink you're going to drink a Coors Light at the yeah. Thanksgiving? Are you nuts? No. I mean no offense to anybody who does that, but no. Okay, <laughs> coffee or tea? I only drink coffee in the mornings uh, except for the podcast, so uh-huh. tea. Okay, so uh moving on to dessert, pecan pie or pumpkin pie? Pecan or pumpkin? Mm-hmm. Pumpkin. No. In that match for sure. Pecan pie. Nah, no way. Okay, pie or ice cream? Pie and ice cream. A la mode. Oh, there you go. A la mode, bro. I'm going to take the, uh, uh, I would do, I'm just taking ice cream. Even though I love pop, uh, warm, pecan pie. Warm apple pie with dollop of ice cream. Mm. Vanilla ice cream. Okay, here you go. Football or nap? Well, you you fall asleep to, by watching football. <laughs> you have to watch football until it makes you fall asleep. Well, would you rather stay up and watch the football game or just say, you know what, I don't care, I'm going to go take a nap? Yeah, I, both happen usually for me, so I can't say it's like a little bit of both is what ends up happening. Okay, finally this. Cigar or more food? Oh, I would definitely have a cigar. Oh, absolutely. Before I'd go back for more food. Because the great part about these big fests, you know, is that you can kind of leave all the food out and then you can just kind of keep going back around to it all day long. Graze. And, yeah. And, and just kind of as you're chilling Graze. out, relaxing with your loved ones. Um, yeah. You know, okay. So I've got a couple of follow-up questions that came to mind. Um, green chili or red chili on your turkey? Green. And green chili but, or red but, chili on no, your no, potatoes. No. But the green has to be in some kind of like a gravy sauce or something. Oh, yeah. Like that's cream. what I mean. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like a um, green chili sauce or red. So green or red on your potatoes? Um, Green. Really? Absolutely. I'm a big red fan on the potatoes. Green on the turkey, red on the potatoes. And I'll never forget the first uh, Thanksgiving I had in the South Valley of Albuquerque. And a real like authentic, you know, um, his native New Mexican home. And uh, and there were like the tamales and the calabacitas right next to the green chili gravy and the red chili carne vada to put on top. And then I was like, how do I do this? Like, what do I put where? <laughs> you know, us Midwesterners are pretty basic. So I wasn't sure how to put my plate together in that household. But man, was I blown away. And I've never looked back. I uh, I love, love, love the native foods here. Yeah, it's one of the things that draws people. That's right. Actually, when you people come We've here, we've got great food. They they love having the, the unique foods that can be found. Great, here. great food. So. All right, so enjoy your uh, your you know your Thanksgiving with your you know your two uh, two people that you can <laughs> have over. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to a massive party. There's going to be like 50, 60 people oh, crammed boy. into this I don't believe little it. space. It's amazing. I don't believe it. Cigar review time. People. Okay, let's do it. You like to smoke cigars. All right. So uh, I smoked a punch. Okay. Uh, this was the Grand Crew. C-U-R, I'm guessing. Grand Crew. The punch. Okay, so uh, it, I can, uh, I'm just reading the notes on it that I took down. Uh, Honduran cigar, Connecticut wrapper. It's a broadleaf. Um, it's kind of a medium brown in color. Mm-hmm. Uh, so like a, kind of like a, not too heavy, not too light kind of medium. The draw was good for the most part. And the, the, it burned pretty evenly. I enjoyed it. Um, a nice, little bit of a spicy, you know, peppery taste to it, I think. Mm-hmm. And, uh, very enjoyable. And, uh, so, and I, I, by the way, I, I like punch product. So to begin with, 
mm-hmm. but I've never had this particular cigar. Mm-hmm. I'd do it again. Yeah. I'd do it again. I would never turn one of these down if it was a gift. And I would consider buying these. You know, I would love to buy a little box of these and enjoy them. That would be nice. Yep. So that's it. The uh, punch, that would be the Grand Cru. Right? Very cool. Yep. That's great. Uh, I got to think about what I smoked last, honestly. Don't remember? I smoked a really good um, diesel. Yeah, I was going to say. I, I can't remember. I can't remember what kind it was. Because that was at Lonnie's house, right? Yeah, that was last week. And yeah. that was a really, the diesels are really impressing me. They're pretty consistent as far as brand goes. Um, really consistent, good flavor. Oh, I know what I had. It was kind of fun in addition to that diesel. So I'm, I'm recommending diesel brand cigars. I um, haven't had a bad one yet. Um, I'm also been a kind of a fan lately of these Kentucky Fire Cured. And I think that might be an AJ Fernandez cigar. Well, anyway, um, they're, they have a really, they have a smoked, what they do is they, I know it sounds ridiculous, but they smoke the tobacco that you're going to end up smoking. Wow. And, uh, it has this really smoky flavor on the tongue. And, uh, I personally love that flavor. And so, and what, you know what it reminds me of when I sniff the tobacco is that it smells like one of those, uh, one of those uh, Forest Service uh, fire prevention magazines you used to get when you were a little kid. One of those little cartoons with Smokey the Bear and it had a little scratch and sniff. And it smelled like the forest fire. That's kind of what it smells like. It's also more, more can, if you're familiar with Latakia tobacco, a very smoky flavor. Well, anyway, these are Kentucky Fire Cured cigars and they're delicious. Kentucky Fried? Kentucky Fried Cigars. Kentucky Fired Cigars. And the one I smoked recently, they have this little mashup called the Swamp Thing. And what they've done is they've mashed up the smoky uh, tobacco that I was just referring to on the um, on on the the, the tip or the t- the tongue side of your cigar, and on the other side of the label, the labels you know the ring wrappers and you know a couple inches away from the end you're smoking, and then uh, the rest of the cigar is a candela, which is that really uncured green tobacco. And um, and so what you get is this combination of like smoky flavor and green hay grassy type flavor mm. all at once. It's a really interesting cigar. I had a lot of fun with it. It's called this the Kentucky Fire Cured. But I like that. Thing. I like that kind of that hay sort of taste. You know that that yeah. grass. Yeah, it kind of balances out the. Um, it balances out the the kind. Of, I don't know. It's just a nice little mix. And and it, they're right. It is kind of like this creature of a cigar that you just mm-hmm. aren't used to seeing. So I had a lot of fun with that, mm-hmm. and I'm pretty sure I had another cigar recently, but it's um, escaping my memory. Yeah, I had another one, too. I saved the wrapper. Cleaning lady got rid of the wrapper, so I don't Boo. remember. But my friend Lonnie smokes those. He gave yeah. me that came from him, so I'll just ask him and get the label again. Uh, a new discovery. So, you know, I like to smoke cigars in the morning with a cup of coffee. Yeah. Okay, new discovery. Okay. Cigar with a cup of black tea. That's not new. You've talked about that. No, before. I haven't. I'm telling you, you. How old are you? Man, oh I can't. Gosh. No, I've never talked about that. I think it might be. Black tea? To, it might be time to check into the yeah. to the place, bro, because. You think? You've talked about black tea before. No. I swear you have. Not I with swear a cigar. You, yes. Because you, I remember saying, because we went through pairings a while back and we were asking each other. Okay, well, maybe I did. And you had said, you had said, you know, I like in the mornings, I like my black tea with a cigar. And then uh, and you said other times I really like a port. With my cigar. I do like a port. Um, and I'll have to say, you're right, though. If you're rediscovering this about yourself, I would have to affirm you in it. Not just because you've said it before, but I think it's also, I also think it's a good match. Yeah. What? 
Black tea. Black tea, a, but port. And a cigar. Port. And of course, port. Red, deep red wines for me. I love port. Uh, I, like I like to a, sip port, port. Yeah, I like a cognac. So cognac I, I'm sorry cigar. I forgot. Maybe I should run for office. I don't know. So Yeah, right. Yeah, you keep forgetting things. <laughs> um, no, I think that's, I think that's, uh, yeah, because the coffee, coffee is an okay match, but it's not, I don't think it's as good as the, as the dark tea. Ultimately, the mm-hmm. tea just has a mm-hmm. more of a compatible flavor. To you, my know, mind. Uh, you know what? Uh, here's a here's something else. This is not a new discovery, but uh, to enjoy a cigar in a hot tub. Mm-hmm. You know, where is this conversation going? Well, I'm just saying that because when my buddy that lives in Arizona, he's got this hot tub. And so, you know, it's uh, early in the shoot. morning. You go you go in the hot the they go I'm off, not used they to go doing off, that in the morning. They but, go off to work. Yeah. They, they, you know, the, mm-hmm. the, the, and you the, jump in the hot tub when they're they not get, when they're not home and, and, they, the, and then you light a cigar and right. and, you, and you enjoy the cigar in the mornings. Dude, it's it's killer. You watch the sun come up, it's great. Oh, uh, that's I've never tried that. I can't say, I can say that I've sat, you know, in my uh Well, first of all, you got to get tub a, and just kind of hung out you, like Do you have a hot tub access or I, access well, to a hot tub? So, right. So like when I've stayed at friends' houses and they're gone and I'm house sitting or something and they have a hot tub, then yeah, I'll do something like that. But in the evenings usually I'll go out and sit there and enjoy some bubbly water and and smoke a cigar. And it is a pretty awesome experience. I'll have to say it's very relaxing. You know, too relaxing. Uh, experiences at the same time. Yeah, but uh, listen, so, um, you know, uh, by the way, I have a lot of my friends that actually own hot tubs. You ask them, how how often do you get into this thing? Yeah. And it's they say, very rare. Yeah, they they usually live it up probably for the first year of ownership yeah, and, then, and then it dwindles. Yeah, and then it becomes like they drain it and it becomes like a storage bin for stuff. <laughs> you know, it's where they, they keep the skis or whatever. Uh, that happened. <laughs> Actually, I my mom got brought, bought a hot tub. By the time we were all too old to enjoy it um, growing up, we were all pretty much out of the house and my mom's like, ah, oh, what should I do? You know, I can get a hot tub. And so we would go home and visit mom and then sit in the hot tub. But eventually the thing broke. And yeah, that's what happened is it got drained and then, and then nobody, becomes, nobody right? could fix it. And it was too expensive. And to then replace. it becomes a storage, and it becomes a storage totally. bin. You st- or yeah. either that or a sandbox for the grandkids. Totally. totally Fill it with totally. sand and it becomes a sandbox. That's not a bad idea. It's a lot of sand, but it is kind of contained. You could just set them in there and then the mm-hmm. sand is down in there. Or, or plant a tree or something yeah. in it, like a, yeah. a, make it a, a pot, a, a, a planter. Yeah. You know, you could grow like green chili in it. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, it's true. Plant. Okay, so um, now that's our cigar review. Now uh, you, we, uh, we, uh, you wanted to do some uh, venting, or are you uh, ranting? I, I feel like I already did. You, you ran. Okay, that was kind of my rant. That mm. was. I, I think I've kind of ranted everything there is to rant mm-hmm. for this evening. I, um, I think the gospel gives us good guidance in how to uh, overcome ourselves, and just encouraging people to uh, be open to the experiences of connection that are out there and fight mm-hmm. for them, and and don't 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 hold up, don't disappear, um, because we don't know like what we have, what time we have left. So I think we just should take advantage of the time we have and um, live boldly. You know, mm-hmm. stop being so stinking afraid. Yeah, and uh, remember, look. This pandemic, you know, oh, my gosh, it's the end of the world pandemic. No, look, there was a time in our history when if a person made it to the age of 12, I mean, so many smallpox and all these viruses all at once. So, you know, we've been lucky. We've been just lucky. Right. Yeah. Our time, our generation has been lucky. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, even going our parents didn't have it so good. Our grandparents 
You know, they lived. There was the the Spanish flu, the the uh, the depression, uh, the Second World War. Yeah. Right. The upheaval of the 60s and Vietnam. And so, you know, I don't know what, you know, it's like this thing. We got soft and, you know, we got caught off guard or something. I don't know. But we're going to survive this. Right. You know, we get a vaccine and we'll be fine, you know. Right. Until the next thing comes around. Yeah. 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 All right. So. uh Yeah. Yeah. True. Say we go smoke some cigars. Sounds like a plan. Yeah, let's let's go do it. Yeah, what okay. are you smoking tonight? I'm gonna be smoking the um, the one cigar that I have left in my stash, which is the uh, Perdomo. Yeah, twentieth anniversary. Mm. The Perdomo twentieth anniversary looks like a natural wrapper. It's about about a five by fifty, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah. So we'll see. We'll see how it comes out. We'll review it next week or whenever we talk next. Very hip. Hey, everybody, have a happy Thanksgiving. Amen. And uh, sjvnm.org is the place to go. That's our little website. Oh, our mass schedule, by the way, if you happen to live here or visiting, whatever. Uh, so on Saturday at 4 and then again at 530, we're allowed only 75 people into the church at any time. So uh, and then on Sunday, 8, 10 and 12. OK, so confessions every Saturday from 2 until they're done. And uh, if you watch on video or you watch, uh, you know, the mass online. Uh, you can still receive communion to show up at around 1, between 1 and one fifteen, and I will be happy to uh, give the Lord to you, okay? So you can receive the graces of the Blessed Sacrament. All right, cool. Uh, say goodbye. Goodbye. Finding someone on an online Catholic dating site shouldn't be like shopping for a blender. So why do most dating sites leave you feeling like you're shopping for a spouse? At Catholic Singles, we connect members through our unique user polls and activities, which help you discover other members and their personalities and interests. Because you're a person, not a profile picture. So stop shopping and start discerning. Trust your love story to the original Catholic dating site and use the promo code BREADBOX at checkout for 20% off at CatholicSingles.com.